Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be in the presence of God. Amen. Good morning online. Happy Saturday. If you like, just turn around and tell someone you love them and happy Saturday. God lives on Saturday too. Praise God forevermore. <laughs> Thank you for joining us online. We love you guys. Happy Saturday morning and Valentine's weekend. Amen. It's the month of love, the month of love. Praise God forevermore. <laughs> We get like three of them. How's that? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Arthur. Thanks, Carissa. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on <laughs> Isn't God so good? Thank you for braving the weather here in California. It's about 60 something degrees. <laughs> When New York is having one of their worst winters ever, I heard. Snow is up to the knees in New York. Uh, so praise God for California weather. <laughs> Amen forevermore. Isn't God good? God is so good all the time. Praise God forevermore. Amen. We're just going to open up in a word of prayer, if you'll agree with me. And we're, Jesus said, where two or three agree on anything, it will be done for them. So let's agree over this service. Amen. Yes, Father, we thank you for this time together. We don't take our time lightly, and neither do you. Yes. Father, we sow our time to you and expect to reap 30, 60, and 100 fold from the seeds we sow. We thank you, Lord, that we sow our time, our effort, coming here, everything it costs to get here. We sow that as a seed to you, Father, and we thank you, Lord. We'll just go all the way to the top and stand for a hundredfold return. That's more time back to us because we can't outgive you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for more finances to do your work with, to bless others with, to bless our lives with. We cannot outgive you, so we sow this as a seed, and we thank you for the, the soon-coming return and the harvest. Everything we do in this life is a seed, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us your best seed, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has set us free, who transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness and planted us in your kingdom of love. Thank you, Lord, for perfect protection in your kingdom, perfect provision in your kingdom, and perfect healing. We thank you, Lord, that you are the healer, the great physician, the great I am, and you're above all. <laughs> thank you, Lord. We place you above every circumstance, every test, every trial, every thought, every care. In Jesus' precious name. And we worship you here today. Thank you where two or three are gathered, you're here with us. In our midst. We reach out and receive a fresh touch, a word, and a touch from you, Jesus. Just like you ministered everywhere when you were on the earth. Well, now you're here with us in your body. We give you all the praises, Lord. And we, when we reach out, you reach out. And when we move, you move. Thank you, Lord, for joining amongst your body. We give you all the praises. And we just cast off any concerns or outside distractions of any kind. Thank you for a perfect covering, perfect peace during this service, a holy hush, and a perfect stillness in your presence where the Holy Spirit lives, where the Holy Spirit works, where the Holy Spirit dwells in our midst. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in. Fill this temple. Fill this place with your love. A fresh anointing. Ears to hear, eyes to see. Fresh baptism. Change our hearts, Lord, and conform them to your will. Your word. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you agree with that. And again, thank you for joining us online. I hope you prayed with us. It's uh, good to have you here. <laughs> We've got people watching from Bangladesh and Uganda. I mean, isn't that just amazing? <laughs> Every week they turn in. So thanks for staying with us. We're staying with you. We're partnered with you. So praise God. Uh, Jewel Mondol, who's with Campus Crusade, we're showing our laptop into his ministry. So we're going to be shipping a, a laptop to uh, Bangladesh. <laughs> so praise God. I don't know what the shipping cost on that is, but it's worth it. Amen. And you'll have it and you'll use it for the ministry. So thank you for that. Um, it's good to sow seed. Amen. So praise God, and um, we decided to sow that, and someone already bought us a new laptop, and it's just waiting on us. So praise God, uh, as long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest, amen? God is so good. It's coming to the point where if you desire to sow, the harvest is already there. 
<laughs> That's the, the time we're living in right now. Things have been accelerated. And Amos 9.13, we'll we're here, we'll just go there. Amos 9.13, if you like to turn there, let me know if you can find Amos before me. He's a, he's a tricky one. He is a farmer turned prophet. I like Amos. He knew how to sow. He knew how to reap. He was trained as a farmer. And the Lord called him as a prophet. And now we have the book of Amos right here. Right after Joel. And I really like Amos from the message paraphrase. If you're going to read Amos 9.13, the message paraphrase is just wonderful. <laughs> but Amos 9.13 says, Behold, the days are coming. Say they're here. They're here. Says the Lord. When the plowman shall overtake the reaper. When the plowman shall overtake the reaper. So that's seed time and harvest catching up to each other. The moment you desire to sow, the harvest is right there at your door. Praise God. And the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. Seed time and harvest linked, and it's getting faster and faster. Time has accelerated. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. And I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant them. So God's in the restoration business. Amen. <laughs> Always like that story, restoration hardware. He's in the restoration build, uh, business. Praise God that he has restored us. And I'm expecting a sevenfold return for you in 2021. Anything that was taken from you in 2020 or even before. The Bible says if the thief is found out, he must repay sevenfold. Anything COVID set you back on? Well, that's the thief. Obviously, you bring sickness and disease and uh, economic shutdown. <laughs> Job loss is of the devil. Amen. Not working is of the devil. Uh, prosperity is of God. Work is of God. Amen. The blessings of God. And it's the blessing of the Lord that maketh us rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So anything the devil stole from you in 2020, I'm agreeing with you on the word of God for sevenfold restoration to come back into your houses, into your hands, and into your families in Jesus' precious name. And all the hills shall flow with it. That's like I said, he's the God of restoration. He restores all things. That which was lost will be found. Verse 14, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land. And no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. You know, for those of you who don't know, the Lord just instructed me to share a little about me and Clarissa and how we met. And it's Valentine's Day, amen, so I can brag on my wife today. Praise God forevermore. Um, but we actually met in Italy. And um, she was raised in um, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Youngstown, in between those. You spent a lot of time in Youngstown, right? And in Pennsylvania, right? So you were pretty much raised in Ohio and Pennsylvania. And then she moved out here, maybe eight or ten? Ten years old, she moved out to California. So she was raised there, but she kind of grew up here. We could say it that way, I guess. And um, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> she was raised in Tustin, and I was in Rancho Santa Margarita. They're like, what, 25 minutes apart from each other. Never knew each other. We had a, a cousin in common that she went to Chapman University. Got a scholarship to Chapman, right? Scholarship to UCLA, right? For singing. Amen. And that, that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, by the way. Your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. I claim that verse over and over again, and it works for me. Praise God. Your gift makes room for you and, and will bring you before great men. And um, so she went to Chapman. She went to UCLA. I went to culinary school up in L.A. Just around the same time she was going to UCLA. Never ran into each other. <laughs> Never met each other. And then um, I graduated culinary school, and I was golfing with Dad one day, and he said, hey, you want to go to Italy? I said, yeah, well, I'm going to go to Italy, amen? <laughs> and, um, and then she ended up in Italy on an opera tour with her parents, and we met in a little city called Viterbo, which was about an hour south of Rome. She was singing opera. I went to Italy to eat. <laughs> she went to Italy to sing. Amen. We got a good working combination going on. Amen. You come to our house, it's filled with singing and eating. Praise God forevermore. And that won't pass away until Jesus comes. Amen. So, praise Jesus. So we met in Viterbo. It was, this, it was supposed to be an affluent city, they said. And the moment I saw it, it was a castle city, big castle city, cobblestone on the ground everywhere. Had to drive on cobblestone, had to walk on cobblestone, had to carry your luggage on cobblestone. <laughs> if you had wheels on your luggage. And uh, it was supposed to be an affluent city, which it was. 
But I, when I got there, it was August in summer. It was 115 degrees, and uh, I didn't know people leave Italy in August to escape the heat. But we went in, amen. <laughs> Praise God. And we had the summer of our life. That was a, a blessed, blessed summer, amen. I met her. And she met me in Italy, even though we grew up here. Isn't God good? Isn't God wonderful? But the moment I got to that town, I saw clothes hanging on the line. There was no air conditioning. Clothes hanging outside. It's like, I thought this was supposed to be an affluent city. You know, I'm like, these people are poor. But it was pretty affluent, you know. And uh, that's just how they lived. You know, kind of third worldish, with drying their clothes on the line still. And they'd all come out at 11 p.m. for siesta on the dock. Um, I spent a night in Montepulciano one time, and on the dot, I was awakened at 11 p.m. because everyone starts partying at 11 p.m. <laughs> Woken by music at 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And it was like that all the time, like clockwork. So praise God we met there, and uh, God has just loved on us and, and worked on us. And I had the privilege of dating my wife for three years before we got married. And that's one of the points I wanted to get to is uh, marry your best friend. Amen. We had uh, three years to develop our friendship before we ever developed our marriage. And that's huge. That's huge. That's the best advice I could give to young couples is marry your best friend. So take time to cultivate your friendship before you cultivate your marriage. Because if you have that as a foundation, you, you'll be blessed and live forever. Amen. And your marriage will flourish, I believe. And you can always go back to that. If your marriage is suffering, if you're having troubling in your marriage, you can always go back to your courtship, your friendship, and work on that and sow into that and develop that again because that's what really brought you together. So always marry your best friend. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Say, I got a best friend. And they're sitting next to me. And if you're without a spouse today, hey, guess what? Jesus is your best friend, and he's standing right next to you. Amen? Amen forevermore. So the only requirement for marriage, really, all these people say you got to work before you get married. you got to work on yourself. you got to get ready. you got, you got to get ready. Really, the only re- God just handpicked us and plucked us up. The only requirement um, to get married is to be single. <laughs> and that word single, if you study it out, actually means complete. So you have, to have, you have to be complete in Jesus before you get married. That's the only requirement is to know Jesus before you know your spouse. If you're going to do it the Bible way, amen? Just like Adam and Eve, their original creation, Adam was formed, force, uh, formed first, and he knew God face to face. He was with God, and then Eve came along. So that's what complete means. That's literally what single means is to be alone with God first before you're alone with someone else. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. So God's been really good to us, and that's how we met, and that's how we're here. And praise God, that was for someone. The Lord told me to share that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And happy Valentine's Day to everyone who's out there. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, a good marriage, a good spouse, a good family, a good job, a good house, everything will be added to you, it says. You seek first the kingdom of God, make it your number one aim and priority. And he says, all these other things that the world's seeking after will be added to you. They'll come on you, they'll overtake you. You'll be overtaken with blessings, the word says. As long as we keep him numero uno. He's a jealous God, and he always wants first place. He always wants my for the first of my time in the morning, I notice. He wants it all. He wants first place. And if we'll just tie to him and give him 10% of our time, our money, our relationship, the first tenth of all our increase, man, we're going to live blessed lives. And he's proven that to me and to many others as well. If we keep him first, everything else is just added. Amen. Amen. So praise God for seeking first the kingdom of God. And his way of doing things, literally his righteousness, means his right way of doing things and being right. And all these things will be added to you. When I met Clarissa in Italy, even though I was away from the Word, I always had a relationship with him. Even if I was outside the Word for a little bit, I always had his presence. I was always aware of him. I was always talking with him, you know. I never left him. So if you do that... You'll be blessed. Amen. And you'll get blessed. (laughs) God is a God who honors what he says. And so are we. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message. Thank you for your word of truth. Thank you, Lord, that anyone who's looking for a spouse ought to be looking for you first. And we thank you, Lord, that a spouse, a perfect spouse, is added to them as they seek your face. As they seek your face, spouses are added to them. 
businesses are added to them. Creative ideas and understanding and wisdom and knowledge is added to them as they seek you first. We give you all the glory and all the praises. We thank you, Lord, that you are first place and you have the preeminence. We give it to you now in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. So I want to start in Deuteronomy. The Lord told me to talk on the tithe today. So we're just going to go, go and do that. Amen? Deuteronomy 26 is really where the tithe should be taught from. We'll go to Malachi, the Italian prophet, as well, just to look at that and our benefits. But I notice how it gets really quiet when you mention tithe. <laughs> There's over 2,350 verses in the Bible on wealth, and the tithe is linked to them. You can't live a wealthy life in Christ if you're not a tither. I will gladly say that. I have tested the waters, amen, on both sides. And you cannot live a blessed life without being a tither. I've proven that out in my own life. I like to test things. I like to experiment with things. I, when I was a heathen, <laughs> I test the waters, you know, I tested drugs, I tested the waters on either side, and it's so much better on his side, so much more blessed when you do what he says. There were times in my life I didn't tithe, now there's a lot of times that I do tithe now, I've tried in a minute, and the blessing just keeps on increasing because of it. So God is good, anything he puts in your word is for your benefit. Anything he says to do is for our benefit. And if we're willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. That's a promise from Almighty God to us. Amen? If we're faithful to others, if we're faithful to act on his word, you're going to receive blessings. He can't deny himself. Amen? So Deuteronomy 26 is under the preface offerings, offerings and first fruits and tithes. Literally, the tithe is the first fruit. It's the first fruit of all your increase. Tithe in Hebrew literally means the tenth. It literally means the tenth. So you can't tithe 5%. That's no longer a tithe. A tithe is 10%. That's 10 cents on every dollar. We tip waiters more than that, hopefully. <laughs> 10 cents on every dollar belongs to God. How do we keep God first place? How do we enter into financial covenant and never lack a thing in our lives every day we live? Is through tithing. We give God the first of all our increase. And he continues to increase us more and more because you can't outgive him. <laughs> And if you're faithful with little, he will make you ruler over much. A lot of people are in financial famine, and the number one reason is because they're not tithers. God will deal with you on the tithe first before anything else he'll deal with you on as you become a Christian. The first thing he led me to was the tithe. If he can prove you faithful in tithing, he can prove you faithful with men. He can prove you faithful with businesses. He can prove you faithful with others. But he led me to the tithe first, and a lot of people I've talked to said, yeah, he did the same for us. Led me to tithing first. It's the first act of obedience. And it's really easy to work because we see it right here in the Word. And if we can do this, we can do anything. Amen? Yeah, amen. It's a way of entering into financial covenant with God. You'll never lack a day in your life if you do what the Word says regarding prosperity. So we can call these spiritual laws of prosperity spiritual laws of prosperity that, that reap physical results. Deuteronomy 26, and it says, And it shall be, this is Moses, his farewell address, if you will, in Deuteronomy to the children of Israel, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Say, I'm a joint heir. With his son Jesus Christ. Which means everything Jesus has now belongs to me. Amen. And, and Jesus has the whole kingdom. Praise God. And you're a joint heir. Amen. <laughs> Praise. Isn't that good news? You can sit there and meditate on that for a while and get blessed. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. He's my older brother. He grafted me into the family of faith. Everything he has, I'm entitled to now. Everything the Father has is now mine. Praise God for Jesus, who grafted me into the family of God. Yes. Amen. For our older brother, who led and shows us the way. Not just our older brother, our Savior. He even calls us best friends. I'll call you friend if you do whatever I tell you. Whatever I command you to do, you're my friend if you're a doer of my word, he says. I'll call you friend before the Father. And the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. 
and you possess it. Say possess it. Possess, possess it. it means to take. You take it. Take it. Say I take it. I take Say I take my promised land. Say I take my healing. I take my daily bread. I take my prosperity. I take my wealth. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Glory. There it is. We're getting somewhere. Amen. There's authority in your heart. I can tell. Woo. We're growing up. Amen. We're growing in Him. Praise Jesus. We are operating in our authority like no other. That you shall take some of the first fruit. Verse 2. So when you possess the land, when you're increasing, when the Lord's given you, you shall take some of the first fruit of all that. All the produce of your ground, which you shall bring from your land. So you're supposed to, you're supposed to be in charge of reaping. You're supposed to be in charge of bringing it, which you shall bring from your land, that the Lord your God is giving you. So notice you still have to take it. You still have to possess it, and you still have to take it from the Father's hand. Um, <laughs> where's our kids? Are they inside? Yeah. I've done this. I've done this before, but usually it's a hundred. But I. I wave up a hundred before our kids and I say, who wants this? And they'll run up here and take it. They'll take it out of my hand. Well, that's how we have to be with our father. You know? Do you want this? Do, do you want the kingdom? Because Jesus said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But if you don't receive it, receive in the Bible literally means take. If you don't take it, you won't have it. Just like they won't have the money if they don't physically take it from my hand. So we have to take the things that have been freely offered through us, and we do that through a little tool called faith. Faith takes the purchases of God. I'll say that again. Faith takes the purchases. They're no longer promises. They're now purchases. Faith takes the purchases of God, what's been purchased for you through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved, He's a lover, the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so it is greatest seed. But you have to take that seed. You have to receive that seed for it to develop in your life. Amen? You have to receive Jesus to ever live in Jesus. Just like you have to receive prosperity, Him as your financier, Him as your provider before you'll ever live in it. You have to take it. Amen? You have to take all that He says He is. And He says He's El Shaddai. He's the God that's more than enough. He's our provider, He says. He says He's our healer, Jehovah Rapha. But we have to take Him as that. We have to literally take Him at His word. Amen, for us to experience the blessings and the results of who he says he is. See, he doesn't just give healing. He is the healer. He doesn't just give out wealth. He is prosperity himself. He doesn't just shout out blessings. He is the blessing. Amen. Praise Jesus forevermore. That's why he says in Matthew 6.33, you seek my face, you'll get everything. I am the all in all, the all sufficient one. El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, the God who's more than enough. You seek me, you get everything. And if we keep him first place and keep seeking him, things will just continue to overtake us. Things, things. That's a good word study if you want to look it up, all the things in the Bible. God is into you having things. Faith is the substance of what? Things. Things. Hope for. The evidence of what? Things. Not things. Amen. Amen. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Things are all over the Bible. God wants you to have stuff. God wants you to be rich. That's the gospel He told us to preach to the poor. It's 2 Corinthians 8 9, if you like to put your eyes on it. It says, Though you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, that you through His poverty might be made rich. Amen. And then I believe it's Revelation 3.8. He says, I know your tribulation. I know your poverty, but you're rich. That's words in red. That's Jesus who said that in Revelation. I know your tribulation. I know your poverty, but hey, I made you rich. Get over it, baby. <laughs> get over it. No, literally, get above it. Get over it. The devil's under your feet. You got to keep him under. The tithe is the great way to keep the devil under your foot in your finances. God ordained this and, and instructed this and created this to keep the devil under your feet regarding your prosperity and wealth. Tithe, the tithe, the tithe. The first 10% goes to God. Amen. Amen. That you shall take some of the first fruit, verse 2, Deuteronomy 26, 2. 
of all the produce of your ground, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you. Say, everything I have comes from God. That's a good place to start, amen? Because now you're just giving back to him what's already his. You don't possess anything. We're just pilgrims on the earth, amen? Everything we have came from him and everything still belongs to him. We're just good stewards, amen? And if we're good down here, hey, guess what? We're getting promoted up there. You're going to be in charge of some properties up there, amen? And heaven is much, much bigger than earth. Earth proceeded out of heaven. Earth came from heaven. Amen? This is small compared to heaven. If you're in the property management business on earth, hey, guess what? You're probably going to be running things and properties up in heaven. Amen? If you're a teacher on earth and you've been called to teach, guess what? You're going to be teaching in heaven. Amen? If you're a nurse down here, hey, guess what? You're going to be ministering the word to people up in heaven. Because there's no sickness or disease. But you're going to be taking care of someone. Nurses are great caretakers, aren't they? They have the heart for that. They have the heart to serve. Praise God for them. Which you shall bring from your land and go to the place where the Lord your God. Here it is. The first instructions and tithings according to Moses. Which you shall bring from your land, the produce, the first tenth, the tithe that the Lord your God gave you. And put it in a basket. And go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. The first thing you should do when you become a Christian is ask the Lord, Lord, where is my church? Where is my pastor? Where am I supposed to tithe? If you'll follow those instructions, you'll start to live a very blessed life. You tithe where he puts his name there. If you have to move all the way across the country to go to the church, the Lord says, do it. Your businesses, your life will develop from the inside out. Amen? You need to find where to place your tithe and who your pastor is and where your church is. Lord, where should I send my tithe? That's the first question every Christian should ask. Where is my church? Who is my pastor? (laughs) And stay under him and get under him and stay under him and tithe to him until the Lord says to tithe somewhere else if he ever does. Amen. And again, the tithe is the first tenth, 10% on every dollar. I can't afford to tithe? Well, you can't afford not to tithe. Believe me. And you'll have to pass the tither's test. There'll be opportunities in your life to pass the tither's test. Where? The world will put pressure on you. Satan will put pressure on you. I really need this money to pay a bill. Well, who's first? Stuff or God? Is your needs more important than God who meets your needs? If you give him what he, ha- what he says is his, he'll give you what he says is yours. Amen. That's good preaching. (laughs) Praise God forevermore for wisdom and revelation. If we'll work the tithe, the tithe will work for us. Which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you and put in a basket and go to that place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days. Who's priest? Jesus. Jesus is our high priest. Remember that little boy's lunch with the five loaves and the two fish? And he, and he took, who to give him to? Jesus, the high priest. He gave him his tithe. He gave him the best that he had. It really, that was a seed. He gave him his whole lunch, that little boy. But he gave it to the high priest. He gave it to Jesus, not one of his workers, not one of his disciples. He gave it to the high priest. Jesus then blessed the father with it and converted it into feeding 20,000 people, women, children, and men. Not just 5,000. It says 5,000 men. But including women and children, scholars estimate at least 20,000 people were fed from that little boy's lunch who he gave into the hands of Jesus. Then Jesus blessed the Father with it, it multiplied, and then he handed it out to his disciples to disperse. But the miracle was done between that boy and Jesus, just like our tithe. You know, I tithe to a church, I tithe to a pastor, but I'm tithing to the Lord himself. He's my faithful and merciful high priest, the Bible says. When I tithe, it's an act of spiritual worship. I'm given my substance, the first ten, I'm honoring God with it in the hands of the Son, in the hands of Jesus himself, who then ministers it to the Father, just like he did that boy's lunch. Thank you, Father. Bless it. Bless this. Thank you. And he multiplied it. Amen. Little is much with God. That woman with the two mites that Jesus is watching in church, the Bible doesn't say what her harvest was. But we know she got one according to the word. If Jesus is watching your giving, 
like I said, it's one of the first things that he led me to in the Word was the tithe and giving. He watches over what comes into his hands and then he multiplies it. He's not trying to get anything from us. Well, he is. He's trying to get something to work with. And if we'll give him little, he'll give us much. Never stop tithing. And if you've never started, start. Amen. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare to the Lord your God, (laughs) to the Father, that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket, just like the little boy, out of your hand and set it down before the altar of your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian, Abraham, about to perish. You know, Paul says Abraham is the father of us all, the father of the faith. So we can still have this confession today. My father Abraham was a Syrian about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. The first person in the Bible we see tithe is Abraham. And populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place and given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The tithe is one way to put yourself in remembrance that God is in control of it all. A land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits, tithe, the first 10%, of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God with your tithe, with your money. See, money is not evil. The love of money is. Don't twist that scripture and live in poverty and lack when you're not supposed to. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And I bet if you're not a tither and a Christian, you may have developed a love of money. Amen. Which is why you have the fear of lack. It may have taken the place of God in your life. Tithing will break that fear of lack over your life. I guarantee it in the name of Jesus. Tithing breaks the curse of lack and the fear thereof. You're faithful to give God what is consistently on every dollar. You break mammon's curse. You break mammon's control over your life through tithing. That's why he instituted it. You shall have no other gods before me. I don't work for money. Money works for me. I tell money what to do. I'm in covenant with Almighty God. Amen. Money's working for me right now. Why? Because I gave it to him. And he never sleeps or slumbers. He's always working. It's the best investment you can make in your lifetime. Because the Bible says it's for, it's for harvest now on the earth and in eternity. Seeds you sow into the kingdom of God and give God what is his works for you now on earth and in eternity forever. It's dual citizenship, dual rewards. So money is not evil. Evil is in the eye of the beholder, they say. Who's ever holding the money determines if money's good or evil. But money's neutral. It has no life. Amen. But he says here, worship God with it. Amen. Then it'll be good. You can take evil money from Las Vegas. <laughs> you can take evil money from an evil person and turn it to good through your act of worship, through the tithe. Through tithing, all your substance, all your house is blessed. I said this before, but we've had the washer and dryer that have lasted 10 plus years that someone gave us used that have no, have no issues until a little leak the other day. I was like, I just attribute that to the tithe. That our stuff's protected. Tithing preserves your harvest. Tithing will protect your money. And in your storehouses, amen? It protects your harvest. You have a shield over it. Because God's in charge. You've made him in charge. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you have given me, Lord. Then you set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God with it. So tithing should be done before you get to church. So you shall rejoice, rejoice with your spouse, rejoice with your family, rejoice with the Lord your God in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house. 
And you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. You're going to have more than just to feed your household with. It's going to flood into the lives of others around you. Verse 12. When you have finished laying aside, we'll skip this part real fast. And um, let's just go to... That goes into other Jewish laws and traditions there. We'll just skip to verse 16 here. Sorry, back up to verse 13. We'll just skip that little part. Verse 13 says, Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe. Say the tithe is holy. From my house, from my house, and has also given them to the Levite, to your house, Lord. The Levite here, um, and the stranger, the fatherless, the widow. The stranger is the poor, the fatherless is the orphan, and the widow is the widow. So churches should always be supporting those three things as, as you should. According to all your commandments which you have commanded me, I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of the tithe when in mourning. Oh, when you're tempted to eat it. Amen? Uh, but Lord, I don't have food on the table. Bread and loaves, fishes, multiplication, hello? Just give them it, amen? Don't eat the seed, sow it. If you have a need, you need to sow some seed. If I'm ever up against a financial battle, I know I need to get seed, money, into the ground somewhere in good soil so that it will produce a harvest. And I live from the harvest, not the seed, just like every good farmer does. Every farmer lives from the harvest, amen? Praise God, but no seed, no harvest. I have not eaten any of it, or when the devil tried to tempt me to eat my tithe, or to spend it on my electrical bill. Hey, how am I going to pay my rent? I don't know, but God does. Amen? Just give him what's his, and he'll take care of you. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I have not eaten any of it when in mourning. I have not spent any of it at KFC or Popeye's Chicken when I'm emotionally damaged and distraught. <laughs> I have not sought comfort food with it. I've not spent your money on fried chicken. <laughs> I did not buy comfort food with it when I was mourning. I made sure to bring it to the house of the Lord and to worship you with it. Because that's where all the blessing flows through. Praise God forevermore. For an unclean use, for any unclean use, I didn't buy booze with it. I didn't go to the bar with it. I didn't spend it on anything unclean nor given any of it for the dead. I didn't tithe it to a dead church where the Holy Spirit ain't living. Amen? Amen? A lot of people's tithes are eat up at a dead church because the Holy Spirit don't live there. The minister kicked him out. He's doing his own thing. Amen? So again, that goes back to the verse where the Lord places his stamp of approval on. That's where you need to be tithing. Where the Holy Spirit lives and where the Word lives. Because the two live together. Amen? No word, no Holy Ghost. <laughs> no Holy Ghost, no word. You have to have two functioning at all times. Amen? Praise God. Say the Holy Ghost lives here. Holy Ghost here. Amen, amen. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us just as you swore to our fathers a land flowing with milk and honey. Look, they talk to God with their time. They talk to God and put them in remembrance. Put them in remembrance. He asked us to put them in remembrance of his word. Amen. Hey, look, Lord, I'm tithing. Bless your holy name. I'm expecting. I expect. Amen. God likes that kind of faith. He likes the faith that expects. Faith expects your father to act. Amen. If you act, God will always act. Now skip one page with me and go to Deuteronomy 28 and notice how close Deuteronomy 28 is to Deuteronomy 26. I would say these are tither's benefits. This is the blessing of Abraham and we know Abraham was a tither. Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Say, I'm overtaken with blessings because I am a tither. Amen. Say, tither's rights. I always pull that card out because I have it. I'm a faithful tither. I always pull it out of my tither's rights. 
No, no lack here today. Don't you know, God, that you promised me the kingdom? Don't you know I'm in financial covenant with you? Don't you know I have a right to your storehouse? I'm a tither. Yeah, he likes that. He likes being bold in the faith. Amen. He likes when his children come to that place and come to him like that. Take that. Just like a good father. Take that money out of your hand. Amen. Take it. It's yours. He freely gave it to you to enjoy. Amen. And all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. I love that word. Overtaken with blessings. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Hey, let's have houses in both. Amen. (laughs) Blessed shall you be in the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds. I've proven that one. (laughs) We've been faithful. (laughs) We've been prosperous in the fruit of Clarissa's body. (laughs) We had three girls fast. That was part of the story. The blessing, amen, shall overtake you. You'll be overtaken with blessings. It's not just money. It's everything, amen? Amen. People should look at us and see everything they want. A healthy family, health, wealth, everything, amen? Should the the outside world should look in on us, the church, and see. God lives there, amen? They're blessed. What are they doing? Well, the first thing is I'm a tither, amen? Chalk that off first, amen? Overtake you. It'll overtake you. And blessed shall you be in the fruit of your body the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds. <coughs> Sorry. Wind got my page. And the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Let's just attribute that to business, your job, anything you put your hand to. Is anyone here raising uh, sheep? <laughs> any, any cattle, any herders here? <laughs> so that's your business. That's your job. That's anything you put your hand to. Amen? Your income, what, your livelihood, if, if you will. What God's called you to do. Where he's called you to work. What he called you to do. Blessed shall you be. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you go out. That's all the time. You're either going in or you're coming out. Amen. You're either going into a restaurant or you're coming out of a restaurant. But you ought to leave more blessed than when you came in. Amen. You ought to leave here more blessed than when you came in. Blessed going in. Bless going out. That's 24-hour, 24-7 blessing. He never sleeps nor slumbers. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Amen. Amen. They shall. So if your face is in the news all day, hey, you're even going to see it on the media. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Before your face, your enemies will be defeated. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing. If you do some study uh, in the Word, there is a book of Numbers in the Bible. God is into Numbers. If you do some study throughout the Word, we see that number 7 linked with Jesus everywhere. And uh, notice the blessing in 7 are right there. Jesus is the blessing. Amen? They'll flee before you seven ways. Jesus is in your court. Amen? The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. Say all. 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 All to which you set your hand. The Lord has commanded the blessing through it. So you have to set your hand to something because the blessing's in it, amen? Everything you touch turns to gold. Everything you touch prospers. You just have to keep yourself in remembrance of that. Don't let the devil steal that truth from you. Everything I touch prospers. Put yourself in remembrance, put the devil in remembrance of that verse, and put God in remembrance of it. That everything I touch prospers me. Everything I touch prospers. Every business I start prospers. Amen? Everything you touch prospers. Every person you hear, you pray for, if you touch them, they're going to prosper. Amen. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see, they'll look in and see upon the church, that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will be afraid of you because of the blessing that's on you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. He'll grant it to you. He already has. 
in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. That's a good enough reason right there for me to start tithing. Amen. I just preach myself happy. <laughs> Praise God. You shall lend. You can't read that, meditate that verse and not be rich. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. See, the Lord wants to make you the head and not the, lend, the, not the tail. Amen. Above only, not beneath the lender, not the borrower. We should own the banks by now. You know those banks? You know Chase Manhattan's giving your money that you put in there? They start liquor stores with it. They start whorehouses. They start casinos with it. It was founded by the mafia. <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing with your money? Yeah. Any, uh, any people want to start a new bank? <laughs> See, the banks, the money should be in the Christian's hands because we know how to bless others with it, right? Praise God. We know how to start churches with it. There's Christian businesses with it. Money's been in the wrong hands for way too long. And that's because most of God's people aren't tithers. You shall lend to many nations. I think it's like 4%. It used to be like 4% of the church tithes. Oh, that's horrible. Well, no wonder. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. This is God's intent for your life. And the Lord will make you the head. Amen. I would argue this comes through the tithe and you proving him faithful through it. Hallelujah, yeah. The Lord will make you, make you. That's an ongoing process. Make you the head and not the tail. You will be above only. I promise you this, the Lord says, and not beneath. Yes. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the left or the right to go after other gods to serve them. To serve them. Again, tithing cuts off idolatry to, my, to mammon and to money. You won't serve money if you're a tither. Because why? Because it's the first of all your increase. Not the last. Remember, that's why Cain killed Abel. Abel gave him the first Amen. of all his increase. Cain gave him the eighth part of his increase. Or the last eight percent, if you will. Amen. That's why Cain's offering was not acceptable before the Lord, but Abel's was. Because he gave him what was his, he gave him back the best. So we always sow off the top. We always sow the first 10% to, the, to God. Amen? Then he gives us the 90%. What a deal. It's all his anyway. But he gives us 90% to do what the heck we want with. Amen? Such a deal. Amen? What a king of kings he is. And lord of lords. Sounds like he created this thing uh, pretty good. <laughs> For us and him. Amen? It's a system. He created his own economy. And it works through the tithe. I command you this to the left or the right to go after other gods and serve them. Don't serve mammon, serve me, he says. Keep me first place in your finances and I'll always keep you first place in mine. Amen. And now go with me to Malachi, the Italian prophet. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll read the tithe from here. But that is a great starting place for the tithe is Deuteronomy 26. And I believe that's the foundation for tithing. Say this with me. My tithe, My tithe is not a debt I owe. It's a seed that I sow. So you're not supposed to live in fear if you're not a tither. Because you're in the kingdom. God's got you. Amen? But tithing has benefits attached to it. Amen? It's not a debt you owe. You're not doing it out of obligation because 2 Corinthians 9 says God loves a cheerful giver. You're not doing it out of pressure. You're, you're honoring the Lord with it out of the heart of worship. Amen. So Malachi, Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God, but you have robbed me? And he says, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, he says. You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Hmm. I wonder <laughs> if that's one reason that the Democratic Party was able to enter the White House was through a lack of tithing from God's people. I wonder. You're cursed with a curse for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's God's storehouse. That's your local church. Amen. That there may be food in my house. My house. And try me now in this. Only verse in the Bible 
God instructs us to try him in is with the tithe. Just like Abraham. Try him now in this. I try him at Christmas time. I I try him every paycheck. I try him every time a birthday card comes in with money. I try, I try him in the tithe every uh, the first fruits of all our increase. So do our kids, amen? $5 comes in a birthday card. We try him in the tithe, amen? That's 50 cents right off the top. That doesn't belong to you. You're not going to rob from God, are you? 50 cents is his. He says it's his. Are you going to rob him of what he says is yours? He's not going to bless you with more if you're robbing him. He doesn't bless thieves. He blesses doers of the word, the faithful. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Try him in it. Put him to the test. Amen? Oh, I try you in this. I can't wait to see what you're going to give me. What happens? Amen? He's a good, good father. You cannot give El Shaddai. Big Papa. Amen? <laughs> he takes good care of his kids. Yeah. If you're living in obedience and do what he says. How many of you have had kids and your kids, you know your kids are safe because you do, they do what you say? Don't run in the street. Hey, that protects them, right? Do this. Don't do that. You'll live a blessed life because of it. Try me now in this. Says the Lord of hosts. That word host is heaven's armies, which we've read before. The Lord of Seboeth. Heaven's armies is linked to the tither. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, how is he going to open them? Through heaven's armies. They're an innumerable company of angels and get stuff to you. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing... There, there will not be room enough to receive it all. You can't take it all in. You're going to have to shove it out. Has anyone entered that, into that place yet? Because that's where we're headed. There's not enough room to contain it. It just overflows. Where you, Another translation says, where well, you're going to have to tell God, stop, that's enough. Are you there yet? <laughs> He's the God that's more than enough. Another translation says that. We'll have to lift up your hands and say, Stop, God, the blessing's too much. I can't contain it anymore. That's where God expects us to live and to get. Amen. Praise Jesus. Woo! He is a God of wealth. He's a God of prosperity. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 11, huge verse that I can't leave out. And I will rebuke Satan for your sakes the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is linked to the tither's rights and the tither's reward. The thief is rebuked because you're a tither. Every other verse, every other teaching from Jesus instructs us to speak to the devil and chase him out of your house. But according to your tithe, according to tither's rights, your financial house will always prosper just because of the tithe. You don't even have to speak to the devil, he says. The devourers rebuked for whose sakes? The tither's sake. He says, I'll rebuke him. If you enter into financial covenant with me, I'll rebuke the thief from your finances. That's enough, he says. Says the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies, your business, the work of your hands, your job, your life shall never fail to bear fruit, it says. Shall never fail to bear fruit. I read all these, t- these stories of tithers during the Great Depression. Not one of them was without a job. Not one of them suffered through the Great Depression. All those stories I hear of suffering and depression and lack and poverty always come from non-tithers. But the stories I hear, prosperity during the Depression, always came from tithers. I've noticed this. <laughs> Says the Lord of hosts, And all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. The tither is promised to be a delightful land. The tither is promised to become good soil that others can sow into and reap harvest themselves. It's more blessed to give than to receive, Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. You're setting yourself up for future prosperity. The tithe sets not only you up, but your family up. I'm a byproduct of that. My parents were tithers. I believe their parents tithe. It sets up future generations. It's not just for you, it's for your entire family, for all of earth and all of eternity. Isn't God so good? Did someone get something from this message? He instructed me to teach on it, so I did. Amen. (laughs) Don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) Praise God forevermore. 
Oh, let's just give him some praises. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord of the time. You are the Lord of heaven and earth. And if we call you Lord, you're our Lord. We serve you and we do what you say. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for setting up your church on the earth. And you promise that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And you instructed us to bring the tithe into your storehouses, the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. The enemy can't steal our stuff because you rebuke the, the devourer for our sakes. We say everything we put our hand to is now blessed. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for searing this truth, your word, into the hearts of others. That we can be blessed, 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 increase more and more. As your word says, as we're faithful with little, you make us ruler over much. Jesus said it this way in Luke 6, 38. He said, give, and it will be given back unto you. Good measure, press down, shaken together, and running over will men and women add into your lap for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you again thank you lord for spiritual law that cannot fail on the earth and in heaven your word is written and it is forever sure and steadfast thank you lord for making tithers out of us like never before thank you lord that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for us the just and the blessing of the Lord is making us rich. And we've entered into that through our tithes and offerings. Thank you, Lord, that we cannot give you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, please instruct us and everyone here, Holy Spirit, on where to give, when to give it, and how to do it in an act of love and worship, for you love a cheerful giver. This is not an offering message. <laughs> As we read, sow and tithe where the Lord instructs you to. And you'll be blessed in your doing. The giver is blessed in his doing. So thank you, Lord, for supernatural increase in 2021, the year of abundant overflow. That if we're faithful, you're going to bless our socks off <laughs> this year. And we give you all the praises ahead of time for doing that for taking us places we've never been before, for developing those gifts and talents in us and rising them up, up, up to the surface, which we've never seen before, and using us, for our gifts make room for us and bring us before great men. And the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The dreams you've had in us since we were born are still in us. They're without changing, they're without repentance, Lord, let us heed those calls. Let us heed those dreams and, and be doers of them and produce them here on the earth before we leave this place. Let us make a great deposit in the earth before we leave. I ask for that in the name of Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you've done. You sent us your son. How shall you not with him also freely give us all things? Things. Bless you, Lord. Seems like material possessions are important to him. So I bless you for him, Lord. Thank you for taking care of every need. You meet every child's need in the kingdom. You're a good reigning king, and you meet all the needs of your citizens. Thank you for doing it. And thank you, Lord, for thrusting us into our wants, taking us out of our needs because they're already met, and having us focus on the desires of our heart that you planted in there. And we call them to pass this year. We call every dream, <laughs> every dream to pass this year. Every dream that was stolen last year, Every dream, every task, every work, every assignment, every calling that the devil tried to take and snuff out, we call to pass this year in 2021 together. 
that it rises up. You've called us to do big things through faith. And faith will get the job done. <laughs> faith will do it. Faith will get it done. And we agree with that, on that together. In the precious name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Well, we thank you all for being with us. Uh, we bless you. Um, we love you. And we'll see you next Saturday. Also, we're doing services online during the week. And um, I'm trying for every Tuesday and Thursday night at 7 p.m. on our Facebook. Every Tuesday and Thursday night at 7 p.m. on our Facebook page, Elisha Mark Ministries. And it's just like about 20 minutes. But I think everyone needs a word every day of their life. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So glory for that. And the Lord giving us the time to do it and the resources. Thank you all. We love you guys. Be blessed. Bye. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. <laughs>